Back on episode 174, we talked about the differences between a scanner and a receiver and whether or not you should look at scanners or receivers for your next radio. Well, today we're going to dive in a little bit further on receivers and discuss whether or not you should really consider one for your next radio. Coming up right now on the podcast. All units 10-3. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and we are here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Now, scanners versus receivers, right? These are two different animals that do kind of the same thing. They have almost the same features, right? So you scratch your head and say, well, why would I want one over the other? Or do I really need one, right? Yes, both receive frequencies. Both can scan frequencies. Both do not transmit. And both do what they do very well. They're kind of like cousins more than brother, sister, okay? So let's summarize session 174. We talked about scanners versus receivers, so you don't have to go back and listen to that top 10 list. We'll go through those really quickly right now. So receivers have a larger receive footprint, typically from like 100 kilohertz or even less, all the way up to several gigs. Scanners, however, are limited to 25 megahertz to about 1.3 gig. Again, all depending on the model numbers we are looking at here. Scanners have modes typically not found in receivers, such as NXDN, DMR, P25. They're almost commonplace on the higher-end scanner radio market, but not so much on the receiver market. However, receivers have modes that are not found on scanners, such as upper and lower sideband, AM, and CW. Some receivers also support D-Star, P25, DPMR, and again, NXDN and maybe even DMR. So it's a little bit different, again, depending on what models we're looking at here, even if they're even in existence anymore, because some of these models that are we're talking about here, they've gone the way of the, the Dodo, unfortunately. Don't understand it, but hey, that's life, right? So here's another one that's debatable here. Scanners have a better memory management than receivers. Better? Not better? Better to understand? Easier to use? I don't know. Think about dynamic memory allocation, DMA, right? The same type of memory system that's available in the in BC15X, the 996P2, anything with that flavor, right? These are DMA. Or you look at the Home Patrol database with Sentinel or EasyScan and, and, and the global objects, right, that make up a Radio Shack, GRE, or a Whistler radio. Are those better management systems than having... 1,300 alphanumeric memory channels and 50 scan edge groups and 200 auto-write memories available and X number of scan groups. And again, that's from the ICOM ICR6 radio, those uh, 1,300 alphanumeric. And we'll talk about that radio in a little bit here. So it's memory sizes and options and the way they work and banks and whatnot. It's, it's, it's all what's going to work best for you. Now, receivers 
have more options and flexibility when it comes to step sizes. Receivers sometimes can do a step size of 2.5 kilohertz, can do 5, 10, 15, 12 and a half, 25, 20, 50, 100, right? I think even down to one if you really want to get granular with things. Again, all depending on your receiver, but receivers can, you can fine tune them and change your step size with a lot more flexibility when it comes to using that radio than it is to a scanner radio. Many scan radios support trunking. Receivers typically do not support trunking. With a fine line, a fine exception here of some radios are controllable via external software radios, such as the ICOM PCR 100, 1000, 1500, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Receivers can also be expensive. High-end receivers can cost upwards of $10,000. For example, an ICOM IC9500 is about $12,499 when I wrote this up. And an IC8600 is, is north of $2,000. However, you can get a, an ICOM ICR60 for about $200. And we're, again, we're going to keep talking about that receiver as a uh, point here. Many receivers can support dual receive. So you can have an A side and a B side, and you can monitor two frequencies at the same time. I know that's something that a lot of scanner radio listeners would like to have in their radios. Even a 30 dial Baofeng radio supports dual receive. So again, many receivers do have this option in it. If that's something that's important to you, yeah, you may want to look at buying a receiver. Scanners have better alpha tagging features, longer alpha tags, bank tags, sites, systems, groups, etc. can all be tagged in many scanner radios. And many scanner radios have 16 characters and higher when it comes to tagging frequencies and, and departments and groups and systems, etc., etc., etc. Receivers, maybe not so much. Could be down to as few as six characters. Should you buy a receiver for your next scanner radio for use or monitoring? I say yes, and I say yes because, well, we'll talk about that after the other side of this break here. Come on, I got to leave you on a cliffhanger here. As a reminder, anybody who's a Patreon supporter at the $3 or month level gets this podcast early and also without this upcoming break. You can support the podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Links are in the description of this podcast if you need them. Everybody else, we'll catch you all in just a second. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. 
See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. So why do I say yes to needing a receiver? Well, again, some of these things we just talked about on the other side of the break, right? Larger receive, larger footprint. You can go way down in the basement, all the way up to the attic, right? With a receiver, with many receivers. And that's great because you don't know exactly what you might be wanting to use this receiver for. Are you going to be using it to... Uh, listen to AM broadcast, or you can use it to listen to shortwave, or you can use it to listen to VHF or UHF, or you're going to use it to just thumb around on things. And again, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but there's many different reasons that you want larger receive and a receiver. Again, it makes it nice and easy to kind of thumb your way through the bands too when you're looking for something. And many aviation enthusiasts use receivers. They just seem to work a little bit better than scanners for what many people are finding. And they can be more sensitive. So a lot of people, especially over in the UK and areas that scanning really isn't a big hobby because of Tetra and encryption and stuff like that, receivers are are what people are gravitating towards to listen to aviation and other things. And I do have my receiver set up to listen to VHF and UHF aviation. I just primarily what I'm using them for. But they can also be used for shortwave radio listening, AM broadcasts. VHF, UHF, I think mill air, right, as a big topic, even just standard aviation. There's so much activity in the civilian and the military air sections of what we are listening to, right? A receiver makes a lot of sense when it comes to trying to just thumb through some of these things. And also, like we said before, receivers also have features that aren't found on scanners, such as, again, upper and lower sideband. And again, why is that important? Well, if you think about listening to amateur radio, DXing, or just hearing what's on 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, 15 meters, 10 meters, right? A lot of that is all done on either upper or lower sideband, depending on what side or what what band you're on, because there is a, a section of the band that swaps from upper to lower. And also, some CBers are also using sideband as well. But satellite communications, if you're listening to some downlinks on amateur uh, satellites, they use sideband. Even VHF DXing on a two-meter band, the, the, a six-meter band, I think even up to uh, 220 and 440 may even use sideband voice. And again, I came across that because I was just scanning around with my SDR, and I went, wait a second, why is this, why is this not really coming in that well on FM? And I went, oh. I'm down that far and the band hit the SSB button on my SDR. And wouldn't you know it, local sideband, two meter activity. Again, something you can't listen to when it comes to owning a scanner. 
So what about in tennis? Well, some general receivers come with an internal bar antenna, and that's primarily used for AM broadcasts. What you basically do is you set up to use the internal bar antenna, and you turn, you rotate the radio so you got the best reception. And of course, they come with a general coverage rubber duck whip antenna, say it another way, uh, VHF and UHF antenna. And again, the ICOM IC6 or R6 is a great pocket carry radio. It's tiny, it's small, and it would be great outdoors to, to take around with you, put in a backpack type of deal. But if you're going to be using it for VHF, UHF, Miller monitoring, obviously you're going to want to go with a discount antenna on your roof because that is where you're going to get the most amount of bang for your buck. That's for improving the signal strength on your receiver. But if you're going to take that to an air show, an airport, just do some plane spottings with it. Yeah, the, the included antenna would definitely be good enough for you. But what about listening to shortwave radio? Yeah, the radios can overload because they're so small. They're, they're, they're made to really be hot, I guess you could say, on the receive. And again, you might think you need hundreds of feet of random wire, long wire, into the top of your antenna with a ballon and up in the air and all this other stuff, right, to, to listen to shortwave. You don't. You don't. You can go on Amazon. And you can get an active loop antenna like an MA30. And again, I'll put a link to that in the description of the podcast because that antenna is, is great. It's an active loop antenna and it works very, very well. But what about shortwave radio, right? Do you need a shortwave radio receiver? Well, if you get a general receiver like the ICOM ICR30, then it's, it's already in the radio. It goes down that far. But I've had fun with my shortwave radio. I'm really a novice, admittedly, when it comes to shortwave radio. Primarily, I'm listening to 42 megahertz and above, right? But when it comes to listening to everything down lower than that, it's a new world for me. and I'm still discovering it. And that's the beauty of that owning a dedicated shortwave radio. And again, it's just a lot of fun of tuning the dial around and seeing what's out there and just monkeying with it, right, on a late night. For example, when I first got it, I set it up in the living room and I just had the telescoping antenna on it, right? Late at night. And I started tuning around the AM band. Well, what could I hear? Well, I started hearing right the local New York City stations. But at that time of night, all of the daylight only AM radio stations go off the air, which basically means now some of these higher power stations can come booming in. Also, the characteristics of the ionosphere change, allowing these AM stations to really come in like they're right next door to you. For my living room, with just the antenna on the radio, I am monitoring stations in Boston. Now I'm on Long Island, right? So from here to Boston now, okay, no big deal. West Virginia. I'm listening to West Virginia like it's right outside my house. Unbelievable. Chicago, Eastern Canada. And I'm pretty sure I heard there's this big station in uh, Mexico. I'm pretty sure that that's what I was listening to also. Again, just with the antenna on top of the radio. Now, going in a different direction on my shortwave radio receiver, yeah, listening to broadcasts of other shortwave stations from all over the world. And again, you listen to these things and, oh, that one's in France, that one's down in Cuba, this one's over in, say, the Middle East somewhere, and this one's even the Far East, and and these are down in, in, in southern United States. It's just, you know, looking at the frequencies, the time of day, you kind of have like a a phone book set up that you can see what the broadcasts are on their schedules. But going even further than that, where I always say the secrets are in the searches, 
you've got utility monitoring. I'm not talking about like, you know, power and lights and gas. No, we're talking about tankers and other container ships and also military ships and, and whatnot are all down in that band, right? You've got numbers stations, which are really cool to listen for. You've got pirates that are matey pirates, but you've got pirate stations such as they come on the air illegally. And there's a whole community around just listening for these pirate stations. But again, we have military and even intercontinental commercial aviation flights, you know, civilian flights. These are up there and they do communicate down in the lower parts of the RF spectrum. So should you incorporate a receiver into your, your radio pile? <laughs> Let's put it that way, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, you should have one or two or many more like I have here. And again, that's not a humble brag. That's just the nature of the disease. I got to collect them all type of deal. A great handheld to get started is an ICOM ICR6, which is what we talked about in the podcast today. It's about $200 right now. And again, we'll put a link to that in the description of the uh, podcast. If you use these links or affiliate links, it would certainly help with the podcast. For shortwave radio receiving, I bought myself a Texan 990. Again, a Texan 990 is a little bit pricey. It's 280 but I love that radio. I think it works outstanding. And I picked that one intentionally because of the way that it works with the uh, tuning. It doesn't stop and receive as you tune the dial. It kind of continuously tunes, which is uh, something I wanted in a digital radio. But uh, if you want to save 100 bucks, you can go for the Texon 880. I think it's a Texon PL880. And that's a great, I don't know if you'd call it a bookshelf or a tabletop, but it's thin. It's, it's, it's like the size of a textbook. Uh, both Texons are. And very affordable, very fun. Again, 180 bucks or so for the text on 880. Again, we'll put links in the description of this podcast. So you can just flick up on your uh, podcast player, see the links. Again, there'll be affiliate links in there. And again, they really help the podcast out. So again, we're going to put links for this, the ICOM and the two Texans and also the antenna that we talked about earlier, the active antenna. So you can plug them right into your low band shortwave receiver, general purpose receiver, et cetera, et cetera. So again, let me know what you thought about this podcast episode. Do you have a receiver? Are you looking at buying a receiver? Do you think receivers are a good idea? Debate me on it. Come on. I mean, let's get some activity going on here. Let's go over to our Discord server, scannerschool.com slash Discord for your invite to join the scanners community over on Discord. But if you want to be a scanner over on Facebook, hey, that's an option as well. Go to scannerschool.com slash Facebook group and you can join the conversation over there. We are where you are. All right, that is it for this podcast episode. Again, let me know what you think about it by going to one of our two online groups and uh, drop me a line. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian Arsenal, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, David Robertson, Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Glenn Davos, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, John Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgren, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. 
Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.